Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. This is the Punchestown Festival Day 3 preview recording on Wednesday just after about 2 o'clock. So uh, looking ahead to, to day 3, we've done day 1 and day 2. So if you haven't seen those, do go back and, and watch those now. But I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm joined by two expert guests not odds checker's very own Andy Holding today because he's busy getting the Guinness in uh, over before a day's racing at Punchestown on course. But I am joined by two expert guests, racing broadcasters and journalists, Johnny Ward and Ed Quigley. Ed, I spoke to Johnny a couple of days ago about Punchestown. We got his thoughts. He's going to be there tomorrow. Um, but how's, uh, you know, what does this festival do for you? It obviously comes at the end of a, of a pretty hard campaign, not just for the horses, but also for a couple of uh, tipsters and journos too. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I love it. I think it's a brilliant spectacle, uh, but I tread very carefully, uh, mainly for the aforementioned kind of end of season woes. As you say, you you could have everything right for the horse, the ground, the trainer could be in flying form, you know, jockey could be at the peak of his powers, but the horse has just had enough for the season. They've had enough. It's simple as that. You know, you're probably looking at even money for a lot of these horses to run to their true form. You know, we've seen it to some extent throughout the week, haven't we? A few horses uh, run on the face of it, massively below par. You know, you're not just talking a couple of lengths below par, but stones below their peak level rating. You know, you say you've had horses on the go since October, and at some point, you know, as we approach May now, they do just cry enough. So, generally speaking, I try and avoid uh, getting stuck into some of these uh, short price favourites who, you know, they've been to Cheltenham, they've sometimes been to Aintree, Fairy House. It's a glorified afterthought, and, uh, you know, not for me at those prices, but nonetheless, I love it. It's great fun, and uh, I suppose what goes with it is you then naturally try and find a few uh, outsiders you can sneak into the pack, which, you know, you look at the history of this race, you know, like to follow the plan, planet of sound. I was going through the Punchstown Gold Cup. There's been all sorts of turnips in there throughout the years. And um, I suppose we saw a, a small shock, didn't we, yesterday with Mighty mm. Potter at 20 to 1, kind of case in point. So all in all, I love the meeting, but uh, I do tread very carefully from a, from a punting point of view in comparison to, say, Cheltenham. Thoughts on... Uh, on a couple of those kind of hot favourites or, or just, you know, horses that have proven themselves to be quality over the past year or two in both Sagarhard not showing his true self and also, um, you know, I think we've got to mention Bob Ollinger as well, but who, who clearly, um, you know, things weren't necessarily right. Where would you stand on, on their on their future going forward, Ed? Well, Sagarhard, that's now two times he's been to Punchestown Festival, twice he's I wouldn't say he ran a stinker last year, but it's two times he's been turned over. I mean, the insight of perhaps Mullins in town is worth a lot more than what I can offer. But, you know, Willie Mullins has got this feeling, perhaps he said, he's not sure he goes right-handed. And there's clearly something about Pudgestown he doesn't quite like. Um, bit non-committal as to where they go further forward. You know, he's not spring chicken. He'll be, you know, eight if he ends up in an arc or a turner's next season. I, I, I thought he could be a champion hurdle horse. I, I think they'll go back to the, the drawing board and have a think about things. Again, it was just, it was so far below form. I wouldn't mm. take it on face value. So a bit of head scratching with him going further forward. Bob Ollinger, he's just not not himself, is he? Uh, I mean, you know, he, he yeah. swatted aside Capadano earlier in the season. Uh, you know, he's been beating four fences here, hasn't he, by him. He's, he's just not sound. There's something not right. I'm sure they're going to go to get to the bottom of it. I mean, what I did find interesting was the fact they ran him. Because after Cheltenham, mm. they said, you know, he was lame behind. There was a little issue with his muscle. And I thought, right... You know, you just give him the rest of the uh, the season off a, a nice summer out of grass and come back again afresh next year. But they rolled the dice with him and, yeah, he bombed out. So, uh, look, in a way, you put a line through it because it's clearly not his running. But um, I'm still not totally convinced he's, he's a natural chaser. If he ended up in something like Stayers Hurdle this time next year and they've sorted out all his kind of wellness issues, it wouldn't shock mm. me. So, yeah, um, 
in regards to Sagerhard, it's too bad to be true. I don't think that's his running. In regards to Bob Ollinger, I think they've got to get to the bottom. They've got to give him an MOT, find out the, the issue. Otherwise, no matter whether he jumps hurdles, fences, whatever he does, whatever trip, whatever ground, uh, you know, he's in danger of becoming, a, as Twitter likes to say, a Sam Crow part two, <laughs> um, which which I don't think we, none of us want to see. Because, yeah, the mighty Bob at his best is brilliant. Yeah, it's amazing how the, um, you know, the Ballymore... It's turned into a bit of a graveyard first, for these yeah. horses. I know, I know. I mean, I think, you know, owners are going to stop wanting to send their horses there if it carries on like this. Uh, Johnny, we mentioned kind of the bad and the ugly there, but let's talk about the good. A scintillating display from from Anergamine, especially over the second last um, through to to seeing off a a Chacon Poursois who looked in decent order. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, Ed in a while, but um, if I get married, I'd like uh, the best man to describe me as a glorified afterthought. Um, in the speech, <laughs> you know, just sum it up. Um, the glorified afterthoughts of Punchestown as well. I mean, what I find with Punchestown, what Ed was saying there is that you get these horses who just run so below par, and then you get horses like Mighty Potter winning, who you oh. can make a case for almost after mm. the race because so much <clears throat> went against him at Cheltenham. You're like, why was he 20 to 1? You know, you could definitely see him running into the frame, so on and so forth. But Anna Jameen was brilliant, I thought. Um, you know, there was that great moment between the last two where I think Jerry Hannon was probably making uh, more of a race for it than it actually turned out to be. I think Paul Townend maybe in hindsight, was was very, very confident. Um, and he sort of rode um, his body language after the second last, I think, um, testified to that. Um, elsewhere on the day, I mean, it, to me, it was more a, a kind of a story of disappointments. Um, so Gerhard, I kind of forgive. I think they should stay hurling with him. Um, and Bob Ollinger, I'd say he's a breathing issue because um, that was just the two runs like that back to back are very, very worrying. Going forward, I'd be I'd be worried about him full stop. And I suppose Party Central deserves a mention as well. You know, for, for mm. a mare that's probably deemed a bit of a bridal horse, she's actually had a really profitable campaign and she looked brilliant in the first. Um, I thought that was a good ride by Davy Russell, 43 years old this year. Um, but obviously the star of the show is Honor Jameen. And I'm recording this, as you say, we're recording this on Wednesday, but... The price of Alaho today is quite incredible, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, absolutely will do. By the time this goes out, the uh, the listener or the viewer will know exactly what's happened, so we won't waste too much time on that. Uh, hopefully we can get this wrapped up so we can be watching it as well. Uh, but do subscribe to the YouTube channel where you can find all this preview content and plenty of podcast content as well. Uh, and so do download the Odds Checker app now before we get into the race preview so you can see the best odds that we'll be talking through, best um, place terms, always important at these big festivals. Bookie offers free bets and the tipsters as well, even though Andy is staying on course and, and enjoying himself this week. We haven't given him the week off and he will be filing his, his tips every morning before racing. So do download, download the app for that. And let's get into it. This is the Thursday preview, day three of the Punchdown Festival, uh, with the caveat uh, that I should mention that we don't know what's happened on day two. So if there's any collateral form and bits and bobs like that, there's, we won't be able to cover that. So hopefully things won't change too much. Uh, and in the opener, the handicap hurdle, uh, we're going to be previewing any of the races that have prices. Um, Jin Coco is the 92 favourite as it stands, ahead of Mount Brown at 13 to 2, Ideal Powell 13 to 2, Luke Shaw 8 to 1, Broomfield Hall 10 to 1, Walnut Beach Golf uh, Marin both 11 to 1, 12 to 1 bar that. 28 runner handicap, Johnny, to start off. Easy yeah, to solve it. Yeah, easy. Um, I think Cafe Conlecce is interesting. He is going to love this ground and he's back to a reasonable mark. But um, the horse I'm going to put forward here is Walnut Beach. Um, I actually tipped this horse at Nace the last day. Sorry, two runs back. Uh, he ran he ran in the flat since. He ran okay. I wouldn't mind that too much. 
I tipped him at Nace in what was a grade three. Now, he was sent off 50s and he, he finished last, but he actually ran way better than that. If you, if you, if you watch him come to the second last, he was nearly one of the last horses off the bridle. Um, he's only run off 118. He travels well in his races. He's quite lightly raced. Um, he obviously won his maiden hurdle at Punchestown easily as well. Um, Shane Fitzgerald is great value for five pounds. I think the one concern is if the ground will be soft enough for him, but they, there didn't seem to be any complaints on day one in terms of it being too fast. I'm sure they've they have it in good nick. Uh, I think he's way. I think he's comfortably better than that mark if if the cars fall into place for him. Well, that beach there, eleven to one. Uh, Skybet already going seven places and they're 11 to 1 there that's why it was important to look at the place terms uh, seven places there 11 to 1 for Walnut Beach Johnny Selection uh, Ed how, how, how do you see this one going? Um, can I skip this one? <laughs> yeah absolutely I mean, yeah, I, absolutely no idea to be honest with you a uh, uh, load of unexposed sorts loads of horses arriving here on the back of wins uh, I will be adding very little compared to uh, Johnny's great insight well, and as we always say, there's, you know, much rather uh, put your hands up and admit there's, there's nothing you want to put up and then try and make a case for something that, that you wouldn't back with your own money. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Skip the opener. Um, you'll still be at the bar. Uh, on then to the, the 4.15, uh, the handicap chase, where Grange Walker is the 11-4 to favourite ahead of uh, Mount Leinster at 7-2. to Magic Days, 6-1 to exit poll, 8-1. to Rebel Gold, 9s. Um, Zarkiva, also 9-1. to 12-1 to bar those. Ed, I'll give you first run here. I've been skipped the first, but you're welcome yeah. to skip the second as well. You know, well, you just... you've thrown me a googly here, George, because I was I was massively going to go with my friend Ben Pauling's Irish Raider here, Global Citizen, yeah. who's uh, yeah not making the gig. So that has thrown me another googly. I'm I'm an absolute fraud coming on this show. Also, I do, I, I do just want <laughs> to say, I, I actually, yeah, I mean, I, sort of, I do love your new wallpaper. You've you've put a lot of effort into things since we lost uh, so, last saw you. So, so I'm actually recording this from the odds checker HQ <laughs> from the from the offices uh, rather than I haven't turned my my front room into some kind of a kind of cabin in the woods um, vibe. But, um, but yeah, anyway, we'll nice. come back. We'll come back to you in the next. Um, Johnny, gonna gonna lean on you here again. Um, okay, so if you watch the the race that Grange Walk fell in the last day, which Mount Leinster won, I'm 100% certain Mount Leinster is not the strongest finisher in the world. Grange Walk would have won. He was desperately unlucky. Now, his trainer, John Ryan, I almost never back his horses because, like, if you look at the likes of That's Life Boy, she's had, I think, 26 runs this season alone without having a single break. So he campaigns his horses in a way that is completely alien to pretty much everyone. Um, so I, I find his horse a little bit hard to predict, but... Watch back the race the last day. He was running off 140. He's running off 141. If ever there were a winner without a penalty, he was certain to win the last day. And for me, he's a great chance here. All he has to do probably is reproduce that form and he should win, I think. Reproduce that form and he should win. And he's currently 11-4 to four to do so. The one for Johnny in the second. On then to the four. Uh, no, the 450 we're skipping. We're skipping oh, the 450. Hey, the 450. <laughs> no, that was my bad. Well, no. <laughs> In that case, in that case, uh, we, don't, we don't have any prices, but Ed, give it, tell us, uh, it's a cross-country, uh, the 4.50 punch down on Thursday. Give us your selection. I really must be losing it if my, my first bet on the day is coming in a cross-country race. Uh, we've got, we've got, <laughs> NSP. Got, I don't think I've had a bit in a cross-country race for about two years, but yeah, NSP. But look, uh, the one I've got very much top of the shortlist here would be the 11-year-old Never Rush a Con uh, for Jessica Harrington. Uh, blows hot and cold, but at this track, absolutely comes alive, including, uh, you know, the banks, the cross country, just generally has very good course form. I think it's run here 11 times, has won twice, has been placed on four other occasions. So clearly a track that brings out the best in him. Uh, yes, yeah, say 11 years young, but 
Uh, it's clearly been aimed at this for some time, and, and I just thought it was the one to be with here. Uh, Sean O'Keefe on board. Uh, again, it, it, no prices, as you say. But when I went through the race, uh, came in number one on the top of my shortlist there. Uh, never rush a con. Never rush a con. And would you, what kind of price would you be hoping for here? I, I think probably getting double figures. Um, okay. I've kind of tissued in around about 11, 12 to 1, uh, anything like that. I think you'll get a horse, as I say, on, on official figures. That's a little bit to find with others, but I always think you can get, at times, get a bit carried away with official figures in, in this type of test. It's more which horse suits the races, how should we say, idiosyncrasies, who, who really takes to it. And this horse, as I say, loves the track, loves the banks, uh, as a bit to find on figures, but I, I think we'll probably outrun his odds. Yeah, if you can get anything 12 to 1 or bigger, I think he's a he's a fair each way play. And again, check all your each way concessions, because I'm sure hmm. there'll be a few bit, bookmakers tripping over each other to... Uh, Get you to give away your money, shall we say? So uh, yeah, yeah. N- never rush a con uh, an each way play for me in the uh, in the four fifty. Give away your money and hopefully get some back uh, with never rush a con. There five places Skybet go at the moment. I'm sure a couple of others will open up bigger uh, when prices do come out. Uh, Johnny, anything to add there, or should we move on? We can move on. Yeah, we can move on. On to the five twenty five then. And Ed, I'm not going to let you get away with saying you don't have a, a view in this oh. one. Uh, we've got the uh, the champion stairs hurdle where classical dream is the 13 to 8 favorite head of cider burley at 11 to 2 paisley park uh, coming over uh, at 7 to 1 the devil's coachman 8 to 1 gentleman's game uh, 14 to 1 ashtar bob 14 to 1 vanillier and concertista also 14 to 1 ed yeah i'm um, uh, really I, I i just disagree with this market totally i can yeah. anyone anyone trust classical dream uh, I'm amazed how short Classical Dream is. I mean, he seems to need an age between his races. Like, he looked absolutely mustard in this last year when he came back after four centuries off the track or whatever. And then he looked brilliant on his seasonal reappearance. I mean, he went out like a light in the Galmoy. And there was excuses about the race had come too quick and blah, blah, blah. blah. And then again in the, in the, the stayers, I mean, if you stop the race coming to two out, I thought, whoa, wow, you know, he's going to cart around and win half the track. And again, he's kind of hit the Chartham Hill, turned around and run back down it. Um, <laughs> He's, he, he's short enough here for a horse who I just think he's got a lot of question marks about him. Yes, we know he's very best form entitled to, to be this type of price. But not for me, I've got question marks about all these. You know, Paisley Park's lovable, but he's struggling to win these days. Uh, you know, 10-year-old getting on a bit. Side of Burley again, I can't believe that what that horse did after running a lifeless race at, um, in the per temps and then... Mm. turning up and beating um you know uh beating flooring porter entry but again can he back it up again okay, a lot of horses here just so in and out uh the devil's coachman i'm not sure will run listening to noel me this and again he's an absolute deluge of rain for him to take his chance all in all this is a, a convoluted way of saying i've backed two, two outsiders in this i've backed concertista returning mm. to hurdles uh i thought yeah she, she jumped like a snooker table in the mayor's chase at the charter festival uh she doesn't have masses to find on official figures here and she obviously with her mayor's allowance she's right in this uh the trip is an unknown but i i don't think she's out of this at all uh given the aforementioned question marks about those ahead of her and i've i've had a few quid on vanillier um for the gavin cromwell team again another horse who no matter what they try with him he just cannot jump at the level needed to be successful over fences we saw that in the national hunt chase i actually backed him in national hunt chase thinking going that yard slow and over that longer trip might just get him a bit more organised in the jumping department. But he still made up teen errors. And I mean, I was I watched the replay and I was chase back earlier and he's kind of still pitching in there, coming to four out, despite the amount of ground he was giving away at his fences. He, look, he's clearly got a very good engine still. He's only seven. 
you know, he ran the ran the rivals ragged in the Albert Bartlett, the Charlton Festival last year. I don't think he's a forlorn hope from... Uh, what I'm really hoping is the eight will stay in here and that the Devils coach yeah. does take his chance, uh, personally, and the market doesn't cut up. But um, I, I think you could do a lot worse than back Vanillier and Constantista each way here. So I think there are massive holes to be picked in those at the top of the market, uh, personally. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take my chance on the two rags. Yeah, I was going to say, um, with the Devils coach, if, if he does come out then, because we're, we're post-final decks, it, it will be a quarter of the four rather than a fifth of three with just eight in there at the moment. So do um, you know have your each way bet fully in the knowledge that that might be the case. But Vanillier, 14 to one, best price at the moment with bet 365. Concertista, the same price as well. And we heard um, both Andy and Rory Delaghi in our Cheltenham preview saying that Concertista should uh, should not go chasing, should have stayed over hurdles, and, and we're certainly proven right on that run uh, at Cheltenham on the day, uh, back over hurdles here for Ed. Uh, Johnny, uh, how do you see this? This is this is incredible. Um, I very rarely put up two horses in a race, and the fact that I'm putting up literally the exact <laughs> two, I mean, Richard no. Whiteley, it would be like, like, be like a countdown candidate Sean Richard Whiteley, the nine that... Show us the workings, yeah. Unbelievable. It's like, it's, like, it's like when two MPs tweet exactly the same words at the same time. Uh, <laughs> no comment. That's actually yeah. very believable. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so Classical Dream is a terribly vulnerable favourite. He obviously landed a gamble in this race last year. The last favourite to win this race is actually a dam of one of the horses running this week. Uh, that's Quavega. So that's 10 mm. years ago, the last favourite. Again, this is a race that if I were a bookie, I'd be going far bigger the price. I'd be going at least two to one Classical Dream. He's ahead the ball of a horse. Fair enough, if he produces his best, he may well win. But there are a lot of ifs with him. Um, he was very good in the race last year, but like he was just pointing at Gorn. It looked very, very tricky at Cheltenham. I don't think Vanilli is going to jump a fence again. I think Gavin Cromwell will have given up on that. The only thing is he obviously has the reigning stay, stairs hurdle winner. Well, I don't think Vanilli jumps nearly well enough. Um, he, he was okay at Cheltenham the last day, but as Ed says, like he's, he's he has an engine. And as much as he was a little bit disappointed at this race last year, he was brilliant in the Albert Bartlett. And on that form performance, he has a chance. Concertista, I'm not sure she'll get three miles, but I think she's going to be ridden very quietly uh, to get to three miles. A bit like Classical Dream in the race last year. Um, and as as you say, the, 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 the worry would be that the Devils coachman doesn't run, which will change the makeup of the race. But like, I wouldn't have a problem just backing the two of them in singles. You're getting like sevens coupled or thereabouts. Mm. You can back them as singles now and then wait for the day. And if, and if they're all right running, then at least you can be kind of a bit more secure. Uh, but great to have, you know, a couple of 14 long shots put up by both. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, not bizarre because you're both sharp. You both know what you're talking about and you both want the same horses. Should always happen. Uh, <laughs> let's have the reverse forecast. Um, Vanillier and Concertise to the two for the guys. Both at 14. Actually, on the, should... on the reverse forecast as well. So the, remember myself and uh, Andy put up two horse in the handicap hurdle yesterday. They were basically first and second turning in. I was like, here we go. One of them yes. finished like sixth and the other one finished like sixth last or something. I was like, that is it was, um, the, one, the one that you put up, the uh, the Bromhead horse. I've never <laughs> literally landed the last with a, with a live chance and then it, everything it just, just came Held past. on for fifth by a short yeah. head if you, if you paid each way with the five places, but it was unbelievable. I don't know. It was a great bears named the horse. It was a very interesting run, but um, yeah, that's punch sound. Yeah, absolutely. I, I should mention as well that Constantista is a bit of a sea of blue at the moment. That 14 to 1 is standout. Um, as short as 17 to 2 elsewhere and even Vanillier is, is 8 to 1 elsewhere so this is a proper case of, of shopping around and getting the best price is uh, is the thing to do hopefully using odds checker as well uh, on then to the 6 o'clock the handicap hurdle Sassy yet 
classy. It doesn't sound too great in my in my middle class middle class English, sadly. But sassy yet classy, eight to one uh, favorite ahead of City Chief Max Charm and the Bomber Liston, all at nine to one. The Festival decks at eleven to one. Uh, Bugs Moran at twelve to one. I have plenty of others at twelve to one as well. Panda Boy, Maze Runner, Limerick Lace, Sparkling Stars, a great view. Johnny, I'll come to you first here. I'll put Ed out of his misery and let him let, let him scramble around and come up with a, with a selection as you as you talk. Yeah, you probably want about <laughs> 12 each way places in this race. I did this race <laughs> for the Racing Post um, on the spotlights, and I, I'd like to pride myself, rightly or wrongly, um, that I can do the job in a fairly uh, expedient manner. This took me about two days. It was, it was so, <laughs> so difficult. Um, I'm putting forward festival decks. I've backed this horse a few times. He's a bit of a bridal horse. Um, the last day behind Capilano Bridge, that was a weird race at Ferry House. Capilano Bridge took it up from the front runner a long way out. Nothing got into it. Festival Dex didn't find a lot, but his run behind Max Charm the time before that, um, I think gives him a reasonable chance. He's stepping up in trip as well. Um, obviously, the yards in sensational form. Small stakes race, though. Small stakes race. Uh, Festival Dex, the one there for Johnny at 11 to 1. Uh, with that is best price with 888 Sport, who are paying six places as well. Ed? Yeah, well, I've, I've actually tipped City Chief elsewhere for this, for Nicky Henderson coming over, Nico de Boinville on board. Uh, a caveat would be, though, I am a bit nervous about the ground. Uh, I mean, it, it was really deep when he won at Hereford. There was enough giving it last time out. You know, his, his size, soldier of fortune, he absolutely loved a bit of mud on the flat. Um, that I mean, look, he's still unexposed, so there's no real concrete evidence to say he won't go on ground, which, looking at the the sunshine shining, shining over the course, it's going to be pretty decent by the time they go to post. But look, he's totally unexposed. He's only five. He's off a mark of 131. Uh, I liked his attitude last time out. You know, for a horse that was, uh, as I say, not many miles on the clock, it could have still been a bit of a learning job. And I thought he could have got worried out of it. But um, when he was asked to go and win the race, he really did. It's scared. So a horse lightly race. I, I put it this way. I'm convinced he'll be a lot better than 131. It's just uh, in an ideal world, uh, you know, the ground, it was proper chucking it down all morning. I, my confidence would be greatly enhanced. But, um, uh, yeah, there are a lot of horses in here which, uh, you know, I don't think they've got any secrets on the handicapper. I, I would be shocked if City Chief was not better than 131, personally. It's just the ground, uh, just tempering my enthusiasm for putting him up as a strong fancy. Very warm as well today, Ed. It's like, it's, it's um yeah, it's basically, I, I'd say it's a tough job for Punchstown to satisfy everyone because this is, I mean, climate change is real. and It's 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 warm for, I mean, it was minus one last night, I think, but it's warm today and it, it would, the ground is dried out a lot. That's why you're sat in your suit, is last it? night. Exactly. That's why. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hot, hot cup of tea, hot toddy, and he sat in his suit. You know me too well. Yeah. <laughs> City Chief nine to one there, also with eight 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 sport best price uh, there for Ed selection. Uh, on then to the um, Barberstown Castle novice chase over two miles, uh, seven runners here. So again, quarter the four with pretty much all firms. Though one firm in Betfred are a fifth to three. So to do check that out. Gentleman to me has, has been you know the money horse here in from seven to four overnight to five to four best price now. Gabinaco one hundred to thirty. Blue Lord five to one. Saint Sam fifteen to two, Horton Color, uh, twelve to one, Cursor Bleem twenty to one, and Mascara sixty sixes. Said, yeah, I'm with the jolly here. Um, you know, I've been looking at the outsiders, but um, yeah, gentlemen, to me, just really going from strength to strength now, isn't he? I mean, look, again, I've, I've said it, being almost hypocritical. End of a season, what's we'll he had five starts so far this season? It could be a case of you know one run too many after trying to back up that entry run, etc. But um, 
would say he's been aggressively campaigning. You know, he's not like he's been dining at the top table all season and been in some absolute real hard battles. And the way he just swatted aside Edward Stone at Aintree, I thought it was quite taking, you know. And I, I thought what was really interesting was Alan King and Tom Cannon's comments afterwards because, you know, naturally everyone said, oh, well, clearly Edward Stone, you know, ran flat after the Arkle. And Tom Cannon was kind of like, no, I think we've just been dumped. We've bumped into one there. Um, we've been done by one. And I just think that form is is terrific. Uh, Blue Lord is a horse, so I just think he's got a um, a bloated reputation. You know, I think he was really lucky to beat Rivier Detail in the Irish Arkle. I think he got found out last time. You actually look at his chase form, you know, he won, what, two starts at 1-4 and 1-16 or whatever it was. You know, I don't actually think he's done a great deal over fences, shall we say. And um, I wonder if Gabby Nacco would be served better by two and a half. And St. Sam and Holt and Collor seem to be uh, horses you're making excuses for uh, a little bit, I think it's fair to say. Um, so, yeah, process of elimination. I just think Jensen, to me, he clearly really enjoys this ground. Uh, he, you know, he's a horse with lots of form on a proper sound surface. And it, I mean, he, he pinged off that ground entry. He mm. set really fast fractions and they all kind of cracked him behind. And uh, yeah, I think he's... Um, See, you know, they went, it was a bit nine to four earlier in the week. I thought it was a, I suppose that he was kind of priced up on the assumption that perhaps they didn't think he would run. But um, yeah, I think he's a he's a worthy favourite, and uh, I think there's a slight argument he could run to, you know, not quite to his best and still have a lot of these in trouble. There's a lot of ifs and buts and nearly done it's in behind, in my view, and I, I think he'll um, just run them ragged. I often think when you've got some some tipsters out there who who always put up short price horses and they suddenly put in. A big price one you should take notice and, and with you Ed, it's the opposite the other way around when you put up a fav i think people should listen because you know <laughs> we, we know you're reluctant to do it yeah reluctant it's, against, would be it's against the moniker um but yeah absolutely five to four gentlemen to me the one that ed can't see past uh, johnny do you agree this horse cost 280 grand when they bought him from arcana and um, so they obviously liked what they saw um i mean if you're doing a process of elimination here this horse is having his sixth run since the 5th of December. That's the only concern. This mm. horse on collateral form is the certainty of the week. And yeah. if you backed him earlier in the campaign when he was conservatively ridden, I think you've you've been a bit cheated out of your money because he clearly needed to make the run. His jumping at Aintree was absolutely spectacular in the in the greater part of the race. I think he beat Edward Stone fair and square. Edward Stone basically holds all of these in the Arkle form. So he's essentially he's about seven or eight lengths better than these on collateral form. I'm not saying he'll win by that, but you look at his main rivals in the race. I, would it be a concern if he were taken on up front? Don't really see that happening because Willie Mullins is most of the field here. Wouldn't 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 be cursively not a chance he's going to make the run and, and he's you know he's a soft finisher and um, so they'll hold him up. Blue Lord for me, I backed him. Couldn't get over why he was so big relative to um, Echoes and Rain at the festival last year. Of course he flopped. Um, couldn't have him at all. I think his limitations are fairly obvious. Gentleman to me is to me it, it, you're basically gambling on him running his race. So if you're getting odds against about that, absolutely one hundred percent. Yeah, five to four best price as it stands looking at you know uh, the way these guys talk about gentlemen to me every chance i could shorten even further between now uh and thursday afternoon um we've got a couple of races left uh we have the um the 710 which is the mayor's handicap and we've got the um the bumper in the last as well uh, no prices for either of these two um so not going to do them in in any depth but but either any horses in, in either that you guys fancy or, or want to flag up I don't really. I think um, Minx Tiara is probably the one to beat in the in that Mare's Handicap chase, but she has had, I think, problems with her wind. So that'll be a concern as well. She's probably going to attack from the front. Sorry, I should mention the bumper as well. I actually did mm. the spotlight for this um, 
And the, the, the ground is going to be the issue here because James's gate, he was third at Cheltenham behind the two superstars, but that was totally different ground. His debut was on heavy. Um, so this is, a, it's just a, that complete contrast. So I think the horse of, of um, Gordon Elliott, who actually ran behind the music drive, um, I think he'd be far better suited to the ground. And if there's a bit of value about him, I think he, you could back him each way as much as he's about... 12 lengths to find with him on, on Cheltenham form. I think it'll be totally different. There's, a, there's definitely a question mark as to whether James Gabe will, will perform that ground. But for a bumper on a bumper worth 10 grand on the third day of the festival, this is a really, really mm. hot race. It's great to see. Mm. Absolutely. Ed, anything for you? Uh, James Gate in next year's Ballymore, uh, isn't it? It's a, it's a Mole Ryan horse. There's only one way that's ending up. So uh, <laughs> I see the Shrewdies already hooked with the 22s. He's already 14 to 1. Or but yeah, no, I'm, I'm not adding much more to that. It's a good point uh, with the ground, as you say. Absolute chalk and cheese compared to uh, obviously the form, what that horse has produced in the champion bumper. Uh, clearly, he deserves to be a strong favourite. But two runs in absolute treacle. Uh, this is going to be a pretty lively surface by quarter to eight in the evening, I'd imagine. So, yeah, that would, uh, again, be uh, be an issue. Here's a collector's item. Just going to flag up another horse in that, in that bumper as well. Uh, Joyo Machine, who was um, fancied by Andy, uh, ran behind Fasal Vega in uh, Fasal Vega's win at Leopardstown back in December and then one on yielding ground uh, at Navan afterwards and, and obviously ran absolutely no race in the heavy ground at all. Uh, although I heard was fancy to, to put in a decent performance if conditions hadn't gone against him and, you know, replicating that. Uh, you should mention um, Monbeg Park as well. Um, I mean, this is yeah. this is this is trumpet, but kind of an inverse trumpet. Um, I did the spotlight <laughs> in the race post the last day and I think I put him in at 13 to 8 or 7 to 4. He went off sixes. He went off sixes, so like that's one of the worst spotlight prizes I think I've ever done at Duty Obliged. So there you go. The anti-trumpet, yeah. <laughs> the anti -trumpet. He's a very, very good horse, I think. He's um and it's interesting they they pitch him in here. One of these walk in the parks that um beautiful pedigree and he was he was like four to nine at Gorn on his bumper debut. The ground was practically unraceable that day. And uh, he's uh it's interesting they pitch him up here. It's only ten days since Cork, so fascinating, fascinating race. Really interesting. And a couple of horses to follow in it as well. Look out for prices when they do come out. Should be uh, sometime on Wednesday evening, you'd have thought. Uh, and that brings our day three of the Punchstown Festival preview to a close. Uh, we're going to be recording a Friday and a little look ahead at Saturday's racing as well, straight after this. So do subscribe to the YouTube channel, Odds Checkers YouTube channel, and the podcast. Uh, you can find the podcast feed on any podcast platform at all as well. Do download the Odds Checker app for the best prices, bookie offers, free bets, place terms, and the best tipsers, some of the best tipsers, I should say, in the game, including Andy Holding and his tips straight to your app every morning of racing as well. Thank you very much to both Johnny and to Ed, uh, although they're not shot of me yet because we're going to be covering Friday in just a second too. So do tune into that. Hopefully a couple of winners in there today. Uh, and please do, as ever, gamble responsibly.